welcome to the Vine Podcast. This is Warren, and today's episode features a conversation that I was able to have recently with longtime Vine member Maxine Huddleston. Maxine has served and blessed our church family in a number of different ways over the years. And one of the ways in which she has done that is by using her gifts as an artist for several different projects. Last week, Maxine painted a scene with a cross as part of our church's Images of the Cross project that coincides with our current sermon series that we're going through on Sunday mornings. And in today's episode, Maxine is going to share about painting that that painting in particular, about her experiences as an artist in general, about her favorite painting, and much more along the way. And so we hope that you enjoy this conversation about art, faith, life, and learning to see. All right. Well, Maxine, thank you for spending some time with us today, and uh, glad you're you're willing to do this for us. So you painted uh, you've painted several things for us at church, and including apparently some things that you, other people didn't even know that you had painted, like the. The pictures of the, I guess they're parts of a tree, right, in the foyer. Yeah, rooted in God, growing in Christ, reaching the world. Reaching the world, yeah. And then you did the, a tree, another tree for us during the pandemic time. And now uh, you've painted this, this image of the, the cross for us in connection with what we're doing now. And so to begin with, I, w- I want to kind of start there with your, the, the painting that you just did of the cross. And kind of, did, did you have a certain inspiration or how did you kind of come, come to decide on painting that image? What was that process like for you? Well, um, your sermon Sunday was encouraging us to do something. And I kind of, uh, I already knew that you were going to ask us to do that because of Rachel. But I decided, I had told her I didn't feel inspired to do anything really. And then, I, uh, you know, when you was there, I always believe in trying to, respond when somebody's trying to encourage people to do things. So I, uh, as you were at the, you kind of mentioned that, uh, well, I hope we have something here. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, oh, Maxine, you're, you need to do something because <laughs> you didn't respond to Warren. So actually my response was a lot in, in wanting to just make sure that, you know, things were going well for you and you're, you're encouraging us. So as I was, uh, when the sermon was over, I just, I was kind of listening to the end of the, the communion and everything, and I thought, kind of, what can I do? What could I do? And then I realized, I thought, well, I've always wanted to paint one of the sunsets that I've uh, taken pictures of out on the lake. And I thought, I could just take that uh, one of the sunsets and then just leave the lake out, put a hill in there, put the cross on it. That ought to be something simple and easy to do and, you know, be in accordance with your, you know, wishes to do a cross. Because I, I didn't want just to paint a big cross. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just couldn't think about that. I think of things in terms of a scene. And so uh, I thought, well, I'll just paint a scene with a cross in it. That's how I came up with that. Yeah. And then the most recent picture that I had of a uh, sunset was one that, had popped up in the last week. And I love that uh, sunset, but I had no idea how hard that one was gonna be to paint. It was very different because it was sort of like a scene where the clouds burst 
kind of behind the sunset on up into the sky, but they were dark and kind of a little, not ominous because they kind of looked a little, um, you know, bouncy and, and interesting. You know, it was just an interesting sky. So I thought, I think, oh, well, I'll just do that. And I didn't look back to see if find an easier sky, <laughs> which I kind of wish I had because I did have some trouble with those clouds. <laughs> well, I thought the, the, the thing that I thought made it such a great scene or visual for that, for the cross image and scene is that it does, like you said, that the clouds are dark and, and look, they do look, I, I kind of thought, got a, a little bit of a feeling of there's almost a foreboding kind of nature to them. But, but the sun is breaking through these kind of dark clouds. And, and I think that, to me, that's such a great imagery for kind of a backdrop of the cross, which is sort of dark and, and foreboding and violent and, and all of those things on one hand, but it's also light breaking through all of that. It's light breaking through the, the darkness and, and the clouds and the gloom. And so it, it, it felt like, and it looked like a very appropriate, I thought, kind of backdrop for this, this image of the cross. Right, and I think uh, as, a, uh, as I was conceiving it, it, like I say, the clouds are dark, but they uh, have a little bit of uh, a light kind of casting yeah. through them. And yet, and I thought, uh, well, when I do this, the cross, it'll silhouette against it, but then when I do the, the uh, foreground, which was mm -hmm. not a lot, but I thought I'll make that kind of you know, more dark and everything. And then it's like, you said, after the cross, there will be light. And uh, I kind of thought of it that way too. And some of that my foreground is real, um, kind of an odd, strange, dark foreground. I had that same feeling that there was a sort of a darkness with the cross and then the, the picture itself kind of had a bright tone to it in the sky. And the sky behind it is kind of bright mm -hmm. blue. So it kind of has a, happy look to it too. Yeah, it did. So I, I thought it turned out very well. So, oh, so I, I appreciate you spending all the time and effort and energy on it. Cause I know, especially once you, once you go down the road of, of investing yourself in something like that, it seems to be, uh, there's endless ways that you could keep, keep adding to it or, exactly. or keep kind of there's a lot that you see, I'm sure, as the painter that, that no one else would ever see that you may think of kind of as errors or, or things to fix that yes. other people would not even notice. That did not turn out at all like my imagination of doing that picture was so glorious, but <laughs> it fell far short of that. And part of it was because I really couldn't, could not figure out the clouds. But uh, so I kind of, they just looked like, the first time, the uh, first effort was like, it looked like a candelabra in the sky or something. <laughs> anyway, I thought, well, I'm going to just stop that and I'm going to go down and do the sun, uh, sunset, and see if that, if I can make that work, then I'll worry about the other. If I can't make that work, I may just scrap the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't scrap it because I think it turned out really well. Well, it, it turned out okay, I guess, but it does nothing like I imagined in my mind. Well, <laughs> That's that's probably a metaphor for life, right? We have these these grand visions, and then they don't work out, and we make the best of it. So, so that. and that's another thing. I there was a uh, there was a photograph uh, that I looked up on um, for my cross. I kind of went to the um, internet and look. I just put in cross crosses, scenes of crosses, or something. Mm -hmm. And anyway, they did have some really 
almost kind of the same thing as I had conceived of, but the skies were real dark and, and one was just real purple and orange mm -hmm. and everything. But it was done in such a way that I probably could have copied that photo. Well, it wasn't really a photo, it was a painting. So to copy a painting is so much easier than to do something from real life mm. or a photograph because it's already interpreted for you. Mm, yeah. All the nuances of making it look right are already done. And I can, I'm very good at that. I'm, I can copy anything and make it look almost, you know, picture perfect. But I'm not so good at painting from real life or even my own photographs hmm. because there you have to have that interpretive notion and idea. That's why I use Jamie's. Because <laughs> Jamie uh, on the clouds, she, I texted and said, I'm just these clouds that just look like flat stuff on the sky. And it's just, and she came and kind of helped me understand that they were, even though they were dark, they were still clouds painted like you do a, you know, a, a clouds in the sky. Well, if I'd have had more time, I probably could have done a lot better. But I kind of went in and just, you know, she kind of helped me think about how to do that and. Uh, I went back over it. Then I went back over it again this morning because I thought it was way too, the darks were too dark and our light wasn't really good last night. But anyway. Well, yeah, and anytime you're doing things kind of on a timeline like that, when you know you have a, a, a deadline, so to speak, uh, yeah, at some point you've just got to say, all right, this is, this is going to be good. And I feel like that a lot of times, even with like sermons, that uh -huh. with you, you know, when you have to have one every Sunday, it's like, well, this one, this one did not turn out the way I wanted it to, or it never got to the point that I wanted it to, yes. but but it's Saturday, so we'll have to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes things just work out really good, and then sometimes they don't work out. And like, uh, you know, I, I, when you, I committed my mind to it, then I came home and I began to look immediately, try to think, found that photograph, and I, and I got started painting immediately that Sunday afternoon. And of course, when I get in on the sky, and that, I am a little inspired when I'm doing just a big sky, and I, mm -hmm. I go really after it, getting in the sky until I got to those clouds. But anyway, because I knew I was on a timeline and I, I was going to get it done by Sunday. I, but I really thought it was going to be easier than it turned out to be. But yeah. anyway, mainly because my concept of those clouds was not right. If I'd have thought about it right in the first place, it would have probably worked out better. <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it ended up looking really good and uh, I, I appreciate you doing it. And I know that it, your your art is has has been and I will, will this one will continue to be a great blessing for for many in in our church and and so I kind of wanted to to kind of think then just generally about art and and painting because like I said that that gift that you have has served to to bless our our congregation in in several different ways now and and so I would be curious just to kind of hear how did you how did you get started in painting is this kind of been a lifelong pursuit or just kind of can you share with us just some of your history painting and how you got involved with it and what you like about it? Well, when I was just very young, probably not more than three or four, uh, my folks thought, you know how you always give kids paper and pencils and things. Back then we didn't have, I don't even think I had crayons, but I had pencils. And um, I would take the newspaper and copy the funnies. Mm. And I could just do them almost perfect. And my father was just, you know, I got a lot of attention for that kind of, bragging on you, you know, for right. the family and, oh, Maxine can really draw, you know. So that, then I, and then in, as the years went by, 
like even in, um, uh, probably in the fourth grade, they were gonna do a Santa Claus and the reindeer down the um, middle of the hallway, clear down this long hall. And the teacher knew I could draw, so she asked me to draw the, the Santa Claus and the reindeer almost life size. Oh, we wow. cut them out and then hung them down the hall. Well, that got, you know, I got a lot of attention for that. And then, <laughs> you know, then in high school, I um, took art with a friend. And uh, I really didn't do very well in there because I'm not an original artist. I'm more of a technician. I copy what I see. Mm -hmm. So the kids that could have an original work, they got more attention than what I did for what, what I did. But anyway, but then I got to college and um, when Ronald would be studying, so he was just like he never talked. He was just always working, studying, thinking. So I, when I would get through with my homework and stuff, I would start just paint, uh, drawing him. And, uh, you know, just, he found that, that's how he found out I could draw. So then uh, when he was in medical school and he, he was gone a lot, uh, one night after church, he we stopped by to get groceries at this little grocery store. And right next there was a pharmacy and they had a little easel set up in the window and then paint, a little paint set and everything. He said, I'm gonna get that for you. And he went in and bought that. And I said, I don't, I've never painted. And he said, but you can, I know you can. Mm. And so he encouraged me and he uh, got that little paint set for me. And when he was gone, I, of course, did paint a lot. And uh, then I began to paint things for friends. And, um, and then uh, while I was gone to California, I painted a great big courier and knives. Like I tell you, I, mostly I'd copy things. So I did a great big courier and knives. Well, they were having an art contest in Dallas at the uh, public library. And uh, he took it down to the public library and I was gone to California. And I got the first prize oh, wow. on that uh, career and eyes painting, which actually uh, <clears throat> was in my, I did for my mother. And, uh, and then I just got a lot of, um, it, it was gratifying to paint things that my family wanted in their homes and then I would paint them and, and give mm -hmm. them to them. And then in Africa, uh, I really wanted to start trying to be more original and paint from, you know. And <laughs> so I was out uh, kind of, we called it the Polini, but out on the plains, and I was looking back toward the mountains and sat and painted, you know, a picture. And it was just fascinating because the Africans had no concept of something like that. Uh, they couldn't conceive of what I was doing. That, hmm. You know, art is not something they hang on their walls. Now, and this is uh, 50 years ago, more right. than 50 years ago, but now they do more. But at that time, those the, out on the uh, plains, those remote places, they didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> it was really funny. So what was, their, what was their response after they kind of saw the finished product? They still, you know, uh, like even in Bible class, I would do uh, things for the kids to color, real simple things like children, mm -hmm. a, a face or something. The children saw it immediately, but older people, your eye learns how to see things. And they never learned how to take see it three-dimensional on a flat piece of paper or a canvas. Mm. So I, I think, I don't even know if they ever saw the picture because the women, when they would try to color on those pictures, everything, they didn't, any, they didn't know what it was. They couldn't see a child there like the kids could. Yeah, so a, that's, a, that's a fascinating statement that you said that the eye learns to see things. Uh -huh. And um, 
you know, I, I remember when we lived down at the coast, I, I got into very amateur photography because I like to go out and it was a way for me to be, basically be outside. And so I'd go to all the nature preserves and take pictures of birds and, and water and all that kind of stuff. And, and you like, I remember just thinking that you do see things very differently, even like through the camera, like it, it looks different through the camera than it does just to the naked eye. And, and then you do start kind of seeing things differently around you. And so did you feel like, did, were there things in nature or with people that you started seeing differently once you started painting? Oh, well, even before I started painting, I think that's another thing probably that made me want to paint or uh, had always the desire to draw. Like we used to travel about uh, 20 miles to church always because there wasn't a congregation of the Church of Christ in our town. And uh, so we'd go every Sunday morning, Wednesday night, they had a meeting every evening. Mm -hmm. And as we travel, I would see scenes in my head. I mean, I, as I sit, anytime, I'm, doesn't matter where I am, I see a picture, mm. you know? And the clouds, of course, uh, when I was little, I'd see all kinds of images in the clouds. But as I got older, I saw that as a whole scene. Mm -hmm. and, and I even imagined how I would paint it in my mind. My mind always thinks about how those colors lay against each other and how they show up, you know? Yeah, and the uh, the whole tech, the technical um, way of painting is to some people, you know, it's something you can teach, uh, but a lot of pe people don't see it very good. You know, uh, there is a there are some people that will never paint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was asked to teach a, a class, uh, a night classes. They were having night classes at the uh, high school in Hearn. And some of the people in her knew I painted, so uh, they asked me if I would teach a class. And there were about three or four women in her that really had wanted to always paint. Well, that's a good sign, you know. Mm -hmm. If they, if you want to, maybe you can. So these women, uh, just with a little instruction from me, because all they needed was understanding how to make things show up, and, right? You know how to soften colors, and just uh, if you can draw, you can paint. But painting takes a little bit more understanding of how to move colors around and make things show up. So uh, these women did great, and they began to hang their things at wherever they worked. And then everybody thought they could paint. Well, Maxine taught those people to paint. So <laughs> the next year around, everybody wanted to be in the class. And then I had a high school class, too. Oh, it was just, you know, impossible because some people just can't see it. And, mm -hmm. and it has something to do with with the conception that you see it with your eye, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I'd, I'd never thought about that, just that the ways most of us are exposed to art from a young age, and that's but maybe because it's just a part of life and what we see, uh -huh. we're more, have more of a recognition of that, perhaps. I hadn't thought about that idea that just being unable to see it if you weren't uh -huh. attuned to it. And, and, you know, it made me think there's there's so much in in Jesus's teachings about vision, about seeing, about they have eyes to see, but, but, but can't And there's can't something see about maturing too. Like, yeah. um, I always try to tell young people, well, oil and, you know, it's probably, or watercolor, that's not your first thing. Draw now. Mm. And, and then uh, you'll do better. Uh, use charcoal first mm. and, you know, other, other mediums that are, uh, easier, more like drawing, because when you start painting, it's another way to look at it. And generally speaking, I'd say most young 
people, their mind isn't mature enough for it. But I had an a African boy that lived with us for about five years, and I would start him out with charcoal, and he, he was really a good artist. And he didn't want to stick with the charcoal, and he insisted on doing oil. Well, he did really great. He did a great lion. And, uh, but he, he, has, he had matured, he, he was able to see, but most of the kids I taught in that high school class, they just, their minds weren't ready for understanding about laying colors against each other to make the line. Because when you draw, you draw the line. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. But when you're painting, you make it show up by how you lay the colors against each other. Mm. And that's a different concept. Yeah. Well, yeah, all, all kinds of potential lessons there from learning, learning to see. I like, I like that idea. And so uh, I'm wondering, though, so as you think back kind of on, on everything that you've painted, do you, have a, do you have a favorite painting that you've done or a most memorable one or one that stands out to you? That one about the fireplace is my favorite, the, the bull boys in Africa. So to des- describe that one for, for people. Well, it's uh, on a mountain. Uh, the Great Rift Valley goes through Africa, but right there, as it goes uh, at the end of Tanzania, where the uh, T- uh, Lake Tanganyika is, it kind of closes up, and then it goes opens up again as it goes down into Zambia. But at that point, those mountains come together, kind of, and there's uh, uh, the, the town where we would shop was on a mountain opposite the mountains that we lived on. Mm. So we'd follow this road and then come up on this hill, and there was a place that was called, um, uh, was kind of a lookout point, world's end point. And uh, anyway, somebody had photographed these boys there, and I saw that photograph and painted it. And uh, it, I, I think of all the things I've ever painted. And of course, it has uh, an emotional attachment because uh, we lived at the foot of the mountains in the distance, and then this was a picnic spot that we used to come to. You know? mm. Well, that's I was I was wondering that as you were describing the scene, and since we were just talking about learning to see. Uh-huh. So when you when you look at that when you look at that painting now, what what do you see? Well, I see the hope of the future of these little boys, because one of the little boys has a shirt on him that uh, is, you know, they they wear these school shirts. And that they, they say success to these kids. And each class wears a different color. And so you'll see these kids, and they'll wear them until they're just tatters. Mm-hmm. All they're wearing is a collar and a sleeve. But it, it's, it's a hope in the future for these kids. And then, of course, it, I'm sorry, I get emotional. Uh, looking back into the, where we lived there and the memories of our life. Yeah. That's great. It was the early, that was a very early in our life when we were raising our children. You know, they were just tiny. Like, I remember, I think about Bonner. Uh, Kevin was about that age when, I, we, when you first came here. And he would play in the, in the dirt mm-hmm. with his little cars during church because <laughs> <laughs> it was very easy, much easier to take kids to church then because yeah. they could play. In, you can play in the dirt in church. Play in the dirt but, uh, in the yeah. church, yeah. But anyway, it just has good memories. That's great. And I think that's that's so much the uh, I think that's so much the the value I think of of art um, is of it does it has that that capability of 
uh, of eliciting an emotional response, yeah. um, especially if you if you if you were the one who painted it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and there's another painting in the other room. I, you can't see it from here, but uh, we would go out on the plant. We called it the Polini, the plains. Several villages out where there was a, a village that uh, there was a little church there, and we would go there every Sunday for probably a year. We took we had different churches. We were there about three and a half years, and we had about three different churches we went to. And this church we went to for a long time. And anyway, you'd go clear out there. Then as you were coming home, those mountains that I were mentioning would be in the distance. The, uh, and um, there was always, the sky was so big in Africa. It's sort mm -hmm. of like people talk about when they go out uh, uh, to Lubbock. The sky is so big out there. Well, the sky was so big in Africa. And every afternoon the, uh, during the monsoons, the clouds would start accumulating. Uh, they, they would roar up and just make mm -hmm. these beautiful, uh, you know, uh, sky scenes. And uh, against the mountain, it would just be so gorgeous. Well, there was this one little village that we would go through that was almost dead. I mean, uh, there are a few people live there still, but like there was this old hut that had kind of broken down, but there was this acacia tree that was a, a really beautiful big old acacia tree. But the way that it was, um, the branches were configured, it made a heart that you saw against the skyline mm. as we were coming every Sunday. I'd say, I'd say look, all there's the heart. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, it just had a, a real connection to me. And then, so I said, well, Ronald, stop. One day the sky was so pretty and everything. I said, stop and take a picture of that. I want to paint that. And so he did, and I painted that picture. And I like to ask people to look at that picture and see, do you see anything different in there? And it's funny, most people don't see it until I finally mention it. You have to learn to see. You have to learn to see it, but you'll, I mean, and you see the heart for quite a ways. I mean, the way the limbs crossed there, mm -hmm. it just made a heart, and a perfect heart. And it was just, uh, like I say, I, I always love that scene. So that's another scene that I really like that I painted. Yeah. And I think, I did it really well, except for the foreground was um, it was real dark in the photograph, and I I knew there was a cornfield there, an old broken down cornfield. So I don't know. I just kind of did a. <laughs> it's not not great there, but I think it is a, one of my favorite pictures. That's good. Well, what do, do you kind of? You know, we, we've talked about in different some of our different classes and conversations and stuff. Just kind of some of the different ways that we can engage spiritual practices or some of the different kind of spiritual disciplines that we can pursue. I'm wondering if you, do you kind of see any type of spiritual aspect or, or thing like that when, when you go about the process of, of painting? Well, there's the dedication, uh, the, uh, you know, conceiving of, of, a, of something you want to accomplish and, and it takes patience and <laughs> And you have to kind of, the desire has to be there. And, uh, and of course, there's the anticipation of the finished product and hoping that whoever I'm doing it for, like normally I'm usually doing something for somebody, mm -hmm. like the projects at church, they were just things because I was asked to do it. It's not right. something I would normally have done. But, uh, and then some, and even in those cases, like, the conception of that was yours, like the, the tree with the leaves of all mm -hmm. the colors. I mean, I would never probably have thought of doing that, you know. And uh, and then the 
in the foyer that, you know, rooted in God, well, that was something that really, um, it was an idea that came from Jamie. I mean, she, how, well, how, she asked me to paint. I said, well, what do you want me to paint? How do you want me to paint it? <laughs> and she was the one that said what to do, you know, you know, you know, find a tree that looks mm -hmm. really almost like roots and turn it upside down, do the roots, turn it right side up, paint it that way, you know, <laughs> and then paint a limb off of it, you know. But uh, uh, and those are a lot of times I'm doing things because somebody wants it, and I think that there's there there's the satisfaction and the uh, gratification of their appreciation of it, you know, in the end. Mm -hmm. But uh, well, in, in that respect, it's it's I think it, there's an element of service, certainly yes. to that or or at least mutual edification. Right. Yes, that you right. are. It's it's a way to bless someone else. And that's because uh, then I used that language earlier intentionally that I do think you have you have blessed our church with that gift. And it, so it is a way of, I think, uh, mutually edifying others. Around well, I, you. It, that's what spurs me on. Sometimes, like I say, I'm usually doing something for somebody. Uh -huh. And so like this project we did that I did this week I mean essentially I did it because of you you know <laughs> I, I, I wanted to uh, I maybe not personally please you so much as to uh, help you fulfill the project that you had a vision of having our church do well, and yeah. I didn't want to I think it certainly does that so thank you yeah. and so how long is I think you also kind of spoke to there it seems like maybe Painting is a way to kind of, because you talked about it taking patience. Uh -huh. And so, man, if you if you wanted to learn patience, exactly. you paint. If you wanted to learn dedication, you could paint. So it's a way of kind of almost building some of those things into your character almost. And that has something to do with the way you paint. Like, I'm kind of a realist. But like my uh, granddaughter, Hannah, she is an excellent artist. And I remember when she wanted to paint, uh, she doesn't have the patience for that kind of she can do it like I she did several that were just very pretty detailed but she then I gave her a palette knife and I mean with a palette knife she can knock off a painting in 30 or 40 minutes mm. that looked as good as I could take days doing by just making it very detailed you know right. what I'm saying? and and that's a that's a, an inspired talent because you have to have a very creative eye and understand the subject that well and that's what I I have to see the subject interpreted for my, myself to do it really well whereas she's one of those artists that paints things that I copy mm. <laughs> in other words she can interpret it immediately with the light she knows where the lights need to be how you know and it's it's really a, a that's a real talent but um, and for that kind of situation she does it out of the enjoyment I mean, it's actually a burst of energy, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Well, my only burst of real energy in my paintings it has to do with the sky. <laughs> I really can go after it in the sky. And then it gets down to the details, and sometimes it takes me days to get finish what I'm trying to get done, you know. Yeah, and so as you think about, so, so yeah, so, so a painting for you may take hours and hours, days yeah. before, it's, before it's finished. Yeah. Um, like I would never release this painting to you except that we've got a time. <laughs> I think I could do that sky better if I kept working on it. <laughs> well, so I'm wondering, so when you, when you find yourself at, at one painting for hours and hours on end, 
are you are you kind of singularly focused on that painting? Does your mind wander? Do you find yourself in prayer or other kind of contemplation at times? Or what's what's happening in your mind as you're looking at the same painting for I'm many mostly, hours? I'm mostly, you know, wrapped up in that scene a lot. But there are times like, um, sometimes I'll just uh, have something on like, um, oh, I can have like, you know, a podcast or something like that. But, uh, and I need to, that's what I need to do probably is to listen to those podcasts. I'm not good at just sitting and listening. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll turn on, uh, say the television will be on, and I'm just listening to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not even hearing it. Like, I can go all afternoon and I don't even know what's been, because I'm too much into what I'm doing. But other times, if it's interesting to me what they're saying, well, then I, I listen to that as I'm doing. And, and I can even, like, sometimes somebody will call and I'll, you know, keep me on the phone for a while, but I'll be sitting there working. Because <laughs> I can work on the little details and stuff, trying to especially smooth, you know, soften colors and things like that. Yeah. But if there's a, if I'm at a point where I really need to get, like, figures like animals or people, uh, something that has to look just like it needs to look or it's not going to be right. And if I'm doing something like that, I usually would just, it, I'll, I'll, do the, the, I'll do that thing that has to be right, like the eyes, or something mm-hmm. first, because if it's not going to be right, I'm just not going to do it. If mm-hmm. I can't get it, I just, you know, chuck it. But I, I mostly do get it. <laughs> I haven't chucked very many paintings. I don't. I don't think I've ever left a canvas undone. But. Um, well, and you mentioned listening to podcasts, and that's one of the things. That's why I I enjoy uh, coloring sheets, oh. um, and because I can listen to a podcast and color. Oh. And when I color a coloring sheet, I don't have to think about what I'm creating. I just have yeah. to think about what color is going to go where. Yes. And so it's a way to kind of engage sort of that part of my brain and, right. and remain kind of actively doing something while also listening right. to a podcast. Right. And so I think for me, that's where kind of art or, or creative expression has kind of connected with a spiritual right. practice is because I'll often do it when I'm listening to, um, you know, kind of podcast about scripture or, uh-huh. or Bible or whatever. And, um, and if I, if I have this other kind of this outlet that uh-huh. I can kind of, um, keeps you sitting there. Keeps, yeah, it keeps me sitting there. It keeps me engaged. It keeps me active in doing uh-huh. something. And so it, it, it's able for me, I'm able to, to more kind of fully actually invest in, uh-huh. in, in what I'm listening to. And sometimes I, I, I do, I really get to listening to something, you know, and, but yet I keep painting. But if I'm at a point in a painting where that, like I say, that something's really like that sky that was troubling me, well, uh, then I don't even hear what else is going on. I'm just, right. my mind's there, you know, and I'm just working, like working mm-hmm. out a problem kind of thing. Right. But sometimes I paint very freely, um, but it's usually when it's something like, um, well, really skies, like uh, big cumulus skies, I, I do that very easily. I mean, that's something that I get, I just feel uh, happy doing, you know. Mm-hmm. It kind of, you can use my, I, that's one place that I can use my creative. Um, I don't know, necessarily make the sky like what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can kind of live, I have lived there a little, I do better, my, I can do that on my own better. Sort of about a feeling almost. I get a feeling about a sky, yeah. Right. But other things I kind of, like, Here's I paint best when I'm copying some great artist. 
<laughs> well, I think there's, you know, I think this is the, what's, what's fun to me about some of these conversations, because there's a, to me, there's even a spiritual element of that, right? That Paul always said, imitate, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Exactly. You know, there's an interesting thing there because, um, you know, when you're in the Prado Museum in Spain or, or anywhere you go in Europe and you are in a big museum, there are art students there copying those works. Mm. And that's how they're learning to paint. Well, that's actually how I learned to paint, but it was just by looking and copying. And, um, and yet there's such a kind of a pseudo sophistication in the little amateur art world that they'll have an art show or something and they'll, it has to be an original art. There are very few original artists out there <laughs> in, that's, in that kind of a world. Right. You know? And so I just always, I won't even enter a painting until I make it quite clear that, you know, okay, uh, I copied this, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if you want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to participate if you're actually wanting original art, you know. I mean, I've done a few original paintings. There's some originals of mine right there, but you can see how that, they, they lack something. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, um, you know, but there is a pseudo-sophistication about that that some of these little art clubs and all can get into because mm -hmm. all of us are imitating right. you know, art. And, and there, are, there are few really original minds in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and we all recognize them, you know, because, I mean, they make, yeah. they make the... Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun, right? Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. No, I, but like I, I consider Hannah original artist. I mean, she, uh, she sent me some pictures this last week that she was doing for her mother. And um, I mean, it's just hard for me to conceive that she, you know, how does she think of doing that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, But hers are like not necessarily realistic, you know? Yeah. Well, even even what you were saying, and I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I think there is such truth to that 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 is applicable to other areas of life. Where you said, you know, you you could keep if if you didn't have to have that painting there by Sunday, you'd keep working on those clouds yes. and and doing it. And I think, man, that's that's probably true in in so many areas of of our lives that we just always feel like, well, this isn't this isn't exactly the way that I want it. It's not. Um, I I feel like there's more there, and and sometimes that does. That, that keeps us from pursuing certain things or kind of holds us back at times. And, and yeah, I would think that's a, a, an element that you have to learn as an artist of, okay, so when is, when is this done? Well, that's another thing I'd like to tell you is when you're teaching art, some people just never know when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and they will keep going till they ruin it. <laughs> and that's, you know, there is a point of knowing when you, when you have reached, yeah, there's certainly a lesson of discernment. At least the best, of discernment. the discernment of when you've done the best you can do with that. Right. You know, it's like I know that really, if I worked on those guys, I could get them a lot better. But there are some times when I stop and I realize this is as good as it gets. And um, but most, a lot of people will, if they're painting, learning to paint. The, the thing that early young, uh, I would say, starting out <laughs> painters do, is they do they just keep stirring till they get mud. Yeah, because <laughs> if you keep putting colors together, it's all going to turn to brown. <laughs> and that's an interesting thing. But there was another thing I was thinking about too. Oh, it's the, uh, uh, recognizing good design. You know, mm. uh, that's a discernment too. But a lot of times, uh, 
I've had people want me to paint a picture for them, and I know it's not going to be what they want, what they're really in their mind imagining, because they've given me a bad picture. Mm. It's not. There's no way to make a good painting out of that picture. You know, <laughs> I have a friend. Uh, she wanted me to do a. It was her uh, uh, family's homestead. It had a huge oak in front of it, and I have trouble with oak trees anyway. But uh, she thought this big oak tree had no light in it. <laughs> oh no, it was too. It was it was so big and heavy you couldn't even see through it, Maxine. Well, I finally had to paint it the way she wanted it. Well, the homestead itself was really I did a good job of, but that tree. <laughs> Looks like, you know, like how kids paint trees, a trunk and a great big green. I mean, you've got to have definition and you've got to have light. Whatever. But anyway, we, have, we laugh about it today because she's, you know, as time's gone by, she's realized that that was, she shouldn't have been trying to tell me how to paint that tree. <laughs> but a good design, like, uh, uh, like I, I've had a number of people want me to paint a certain picture. And I'll know right away, I'll, I'll say, right well, this isn't the best uh, uh, design for a, it looks great in a photograph, but it will not paint well, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'll, it, sometimes I've gone ahead and done it because they wanted it so bad. But I think even they realize afterwards that, well, this was not a paintable picture. And there, there is, uh, and there's a lot of uh, discernment too in deciding when you're doing a photograph what to leave out. Because mostly when you have a photograph, uh, you don't want everything that's in that photograph in that right. paint. You, some of it makes a bad design if you leave it in there. It'll have an angle or something that shouldn't, and nothing should show up too much and catch your eye too, too heavily right. in a photograph. But I mean in a painting, but in a photograph, sometimes that can be the thing that makes it stand out. Yeah. Those are, those are great thoughts. Lots, lots to chew on there, I think, for... <laughs> Uh, you know, we talked about learning to see. I think for those, for those who have, um, who want to chew on that some more and have have ears to hear, there's lots to chew on and all of that. So, so I appreciate you spending this time with us, and we'll we'll close it there. So, thank, thanks again for doing this, and thanks for for blessing us with your gifts and skills. Thank you.